back to Dame It All to Hell. I'm Kelly Gibson, and today's going to be a fun show for a lot of reasons, but I'm pretty stoked about women in primaries yesterday. What a good day for women in politics. And I'm Tracy Dietz, and I am so excited that we have another guest from my side of the aisle. I'm not sure she likes the label Republican, but she's definitely on my team. We are so excited to have Shoshana Weissman, the digital strategist for the R Street Institute. And if you're not following her on Twitter, you are missing out and should follow her right away at, at Senator Shoshana. It's a fun one. And this week's crazy shit is going to be her synopsis of the dating scene in D.C. And for Which, all those listeners out there that are happily in whatever sort of relationship, you can just feel lucky about that because okay. it's rough. Dating in D.C. sounds it like sounds it sucks. Awful. A just gigantic wait for it. Y'all, y'all pile of just ass. Wait for it. Yeah. So primaries. So as you all know, because my guess is a bunch of the listeners to this thing pay attention to politics because, you know, that seems like it's logical. And we're deep in primary season. Yesterday was primary day for Pennsylvania and Nebraska and some others that I can't remember right now. But Pennsylvania's delegation currently doesn't have any women serving in it, which is funny for a state like Pennsylvania, because while Pennsylvania is a pretty purple state and certainly went big for Trump in 16, it's still like an East Coast. There's urban centers. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. But took it in Pennsylvania. The delegation is poised to have several gains from the lady space, which is great. Also, Pennsylvania had this funny... Do we talk about this in here, about how the Supreme Court decided that their congressional district lines were bad? Like yes. the ger- well, and so they redrew them. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's going through just a green. Right. right so that happened in, in Pennsylvania, and it looks like the Democrats will be able to pick some up as a result of just that. So Let's hope not. Yeah, so it's been really interesting. Republicans are usually men. so much better at redistricting than Democrats. But I don't know. We want to define better. I don't know. Well, we're better yeah. at drawing winning. the lines. You're they certainly pick better at winning. Better yeah. Because <laughs> so, uh, um, we're better at math. Something about that feels wrong to me. I'm not really sure what. I'm not really sure what. I'm just spouting shit today. Better for math in your own bank accounts. I guess that's what you're better at. So well, that's that probably cool. why we're better at math because yeah. we're always adding up all of our dollars. <laughs> I have met some fierce Pennsylvania women. Not that one yesterday, but the ones that did are just going to take it. That feels super exciting to me. And the other big upset on the Democratic side was in Nebraska. Fucking Nebraska. Only one member of Congress there because Nebraska. And on the Democratic side, there was a primary with a institutional a Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee backed man who was letting people keep their guns and was being pretty agnostic about choice. And the um, woman won. And the woman won. It's interesting. You said the Democratic committee actually backed the guy. Mo- moved him from red to blue, which is our list of endorsed candidates, basically. Yeah. And part of red to blue means it opens up funding sources that weren't there before. It basically means the party is putting their stamp on that guy. Like, they're putting their so money on that you know what's interesting horse. is I wonder how many candidates this cycle, both on the Republican and the Democrat side, they get party approval are going to get their ass handed to them. Well, because nobody likes the party. Right now, it's going to be crazy. <clears throat> so we talk about this a, a lot. I'm not working for many women, unfortunately. I tried; it didn't work out. I'm working for a lot of dudes, but all these women—they're calling it a pink wave. And I don't know if you—are you guys seeing that on the Republican? There are more women running. There are definitely more women running. Yeah, definitely I wonder if there are more women, women winning in your primaries. I haven't looked. I should. I'm just like singularly focused on the Democrats, right. but it'll be interesting. I have, a, as a cynic, and I was raised by a conservative cynic in Michael Sullivan. I worry that all the good feels and all the good wins in the primary space will mean we'll get fucking crushed in the general. But I feel like I got to give the world more credit than that. I got to be like, the world is not completely going to say women can't win. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's going to be good for women, and I don't think it's going to be bad for Republicans in the fall. You know what is bad for women? The headquarters of Nike. 
Oh, well, apparently not now because they just freaking whipped it out and got some shit done. So this is amazing. Yeah. So they did a survey. So basically there was sort of buzz that it was a shitty place for women to work. And in fact, Nike has been pushing against even exterior stereotypes of the brand. You know, they've been trying to make it a woman's brand for a long time. So I feel like we should clarify the buzz of badness. Like, it's not like all of these dudes were sexually assaulting women. No, so they just be weren't clear on that. promoting they just, them. They weren't promoting them. <laughs> they were pretty terrible. They were screaming. Just being pretty terrible. It was a hard place for women to rise in the ranks. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and it's, out of, it's out of harassment, and it's into that category, which is even harder for us to talk about in this room, which is, do you have a harder time succeeding as a woman. Right. So women got together, put together a survey, put it on the, I guess it was the CEO's desk, and he was like, holy shit. And, <laughs> and then a bunch of guys got fired. And then yeah. all of a sudden women, <laughs> women started taking over the ranks at Nike, which was awesome. Yeah. You want some shit done right, you do it yourself. Yeah, there are, well... But they had to band together to do it. They did. They yeah. did. They didn't trust. So I read a but story But that's an about option. It. That's an option now. The best piece of advice that comes out of this is talk to other women. If you are in a position where you think things aren't ideal, talk to other women, band together, and see what you can do to make change. Yeah. I think there's a couple things. So when I read an article about this, it was that women were experiencing discrimination based on gender by their superiors and reporting it to HR. And then HR wasn't doing anything about Correct. it because they were all these yep. individual complaints. Yep. And if you're in a big corporation like that, which and this is just speculation because I never have been, but there is a little singular focus, like I need to get ahead myself and I can't lean on anyone else. And so the idea of taking it to your colleagues as opposed to going through the sort of traditional reporting process to HR could feel like it would work against you in your growth. So it was great when they decided, oh, this is the time. Let's get together and let's make this relevant. Let's make this heard. And on top of that, it's also proof that treating people with dignity and equality is better for the bottom line. I would go buy a pair of Nike sneakers as a result of this. I'm not going to go buy a pair of Nike sneakers just because they're not good running shoes. (laughs) Or a Nike tank top or bag or sunglasses or whatever. But I think that it is awesome that women are changing, totally changing the way Nike runs its operation because they banded together and decided to do something about it instead of just tolerating it. And what's happening in the larger space, in the Me Too space, in the Never Again space, I think, could have been a catalyst for even this kind of confidence. Right. So I think this is something that... All women all over should take part in, regardless of whether you're at a corporation or you're at a small company. I mean, I think the lesson here is talk to other women. And we have not been good about that. We've been terrible about talking to other women and talking about things because we just tolerate it. It doesn't always pay off. It doesn't always pay off. I've had so many conversations, not about harassment, but about what feels like gender discrimination in the hiring process. And I have had a lot of conversation with women that say... It's just the way it goes. So I think gender discrimination in the hiring process is technically illegal. Mm, not like a staff position. A consultant to client. It's not illegal oh, for a, a campaign correct. not to hire me because right. I'm a woman. You right. know, when I mean hiring, it means like acquiring yep. work on behalf of my firm. Yep. And I'm in a place in my life right now professionally where I'm on a fierce losing streak and I've come to grips that I can't do it without my my own 54-year-old th- white but, man. I just need him right now. But do you now. think that it's always because you are a woman or it's because someone might be more experienced. In these last couple circumstances, all other things were equal, except for our gender. Now, there's the intangible. They liked him better. He was funnier. He seemed fill-in-the-blank. He seemed easier. He seemed... Do you think if your partner had gone in and done the pitch, he would have gotten it? Yes. 
I mean, if you're just really? asking your friend Kelly right here, yeah. y- yes. But I mean, I understand that. that sucks. So I've come to this place where I'm like, the cycle of my professional life, you know, sometimes I'm in a place where I can be a freestanding consultant on my own, and sometimes I need my partnership, and it's why we have partnerships. Right. And so I don't have, I don't feel angry about it. I'm resolved to it. Well, that's good think. Yeah. And I have this great group of women that support me and are good sounding blocks. And when I've described the sensation in my moment right now, it's met with what you've just said. That sucks. But also there's no like utter surprise in it all. You know, and I've also said before, I'm playing the long game. Yeah. But there's nothing you can do at this point. If someone isn't hiring you outside of experience, or there's someone that just beat you because they've been doing this 400 years yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that happens. The here. only thing you can do is just keep fighting. Yeah. I mean, you have no other option. And I have this fun thing. Fighting. I have this podcast. I go on Fox News all the time, which is this weirdly Which you are fabulous on. I did it again yesterday. Those pictures it's were pretty amazing. Funny. I have a little series of sort of pet projects where I'm connecting with other women. And I think you have to be round to be successful and to be sane. And you, Tracy Dietz, and our odd love for one another. <laughs> Keeps you You're around. a badass. You just have to keep going. Yeah, yeah. So we're, I mean, yeah, sometimes yeah. it sucks, I'm, and sometimes yeah. week sucks, and sometimes people are. But this is why you build and, out community. Right. I, I think this is why you build out community because it may pay off professionally, it may pay off personally. But either way, like you have to be a round person to be happy in life. And I think, in general, at the end of the day, you and I are both very happy people. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, fucking I, mad sometimes, but I, yeah. I, I mean, I've <laughs> married the perfect man and oh, perfect children. And, oh. All that good stuff. They're such good dancers. Oh, they're not. So good. They, yeah. I can't say that on the air. They're going to listen to this one day and be like, Mom, what the hell? They did. Yeah. Charlie placed over Addison this weekend. That's the like little she, one to the big one. She just did. For so those she of you placed that in that. her category. And Addison was in a different category, but Charlie got an overall plaque. <laughs> Addison did not. And it was a... Well, it you was know. fine. Like, Addison was like, Charlie did better than me. I'm like, well, Charlie was in a different division. I mean, and Charlie sometimes losing... There's this funny thing about raising kids right now that everybody's a winner. Like, legit, I went to a thing last weekend, and they said out loud, it's capoeira. It's like a Brazilian martial arts. And the guru or whatever you call him was like, just so everyone in the room knows, everybody's a winner. But some of you are going to be better than others. And I was like, that is a bad message. Yeah, everybody's not a winner. Sometimes you need to fucking <laughs> Sometimes lose. Sometimes you just participate. And you, you don't get to. So I said, to my, they left and my boys were like, well, I didn't get the trophy. And I was like, well, You shouldn't have gotten the trophy. You didn't practice as hard. Right. As Good, the for, kid you. That won. Good yeah. for you. Good for you. That's awesome. It's a funny thing. And I cannot, I mean, when I'm, you know, in my late 80s and my children have children and uh, whatever, or don't, when my kids are grown ass people, and their friends are grown, and this whole generation that are raised like this, I just, it's going to be fascinating. Humanity is fascinating. If I I didn't do this, I'd be an anthropologist. I feel like this cycle is ever-changing because my sister's kids sort of grew up with the, put the kids on a pedestal. Because, you know, we, I would put you in my generation. Sweet. I mean, yes. Sort of. Yeah, we're We're like, like six years apart, so it's sort of same. Yeah. So we had a harder... You know, our parents were a little stricter, yeah, 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 like yeah, we had yeah. that whole thing. Yeah. And then so the next generation was everybody Everybody's gets a, a trophy, <laughs> like everybody gets patted at whatever. And and so I think that the kids that you and I are raising now are like, what the fuck? Everybody doesn't get a goddamn trophy. Like, I'm sorry. You're not that <laughs> good. Right. Your yeah. leg extension could be better. Yeah. Work harder. The thing about kids is you're going to fuck them up. You just don't know which way yet. So we should all just be, be prepared fine. for that. Yeah. Just keep them out of jail. Don't let them knock or anybody out. Or bail them out quick. 
One of the two. No, no jail and no knocking anybody (laughs) up. My big man turns seven tomorrow, so happy birthday, Gareth Ball. Oh, that's so exciting. (laughs) We need to get them together again. Yes, yes. And now we're going to have Shoshana Weissman join us today. We're so excited. Shoshana, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for coming, Shoshana. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the R Institute and what you're doing there? Sure. Thank you. Well, it's like the greatest job I've ever had. I get to meme all day, and it actually influences politicians. So what more could you ask for? We call ourselves free markets, real solutions, because everything we propose is market-based, but the solutions are narrowly tailored to policy problems. So like we're doing less of the philosophical stuff. And also we work with politicians on both sides. We don't care who does the solution. If we like the idea, we're like, hey, whoever wants to do this, come work with us. And then we reward them with memes, often sloth memes. So that's the short of what my job is. Is well, there is there just an example, like a more tangible example? Yeah. So actually, I think one of the best examples is last year we did a lot of CRS reform. So there's lots of congressional research service reports that don't get to the public, but lobbyists get them. And we're like, hey, that's not cool. So we did a bipartisan legislation push with Kevin Yoder, and he's awesome. And I rewarded him with a meme of a sloth in space saying, oh, yes, CRS reform. (laughs) And he really liked it. And uh, Tim Ryan was the Democrat on that. And he was excited about the sloth memes. So it's nice. We bring sloth memes together. Everyone has a good time and reform happens. So it's really nice. Amazing. What's the history on the sloth? So in in 2014, I started managing digital media for America Rising Pack. And when you do that, you use lots of memes, GIFs, stuff like that. And there's a lot of sloths on the internet. (laughs) Not everyone likes them, but then there's this GIF of a sloth giving flowers to a woman. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is magical. And from there, it just evolved into me, like, being obsessed. Our street sending me to Costa Rica once we hit 20,000 followers so I can play with sloths (sighs) and just watch them be slow and stuff. (laughs) Wait a second. You actually went to Costa Rica? No, if she gets to her followers. Oh, if she gets to Okay. But here's a question. Sidebar real quick about sloths. That Geico ad is maybe my favorite ad ever when the sloth is playing Pictionary. Have you guys seen it? Oh, my God. We'll put it on the Facebook page. It's it's fucking hysterical. (laughs) It's like sloths move slow, and they're trying to guess what he's drawing, but he moves slow. So there's no drawing anything. And it's It's like a line. Yeah. Tandem bike. Tandem bike. So I love floor charts. So I photoshopped that, the sloth (laughs) drawing, but Ben Sass, because he's my favorite senator. So I'm like, my favorite senator and a sloth. Like, what more (laughs) can you ask? (laughs) That is amazing. So if any of you, if you haven't started following Shoshana Weissman on Twitter, it's at Senator Shoshana, which people get very confused and actually think that you are a senator sometimes. Yeah, it's really fun. I ask them for bribes. My standard going rate is (laughs) $20,000. To do what? Anything. Just a thing. I'm just like... If you pay me enough, I'll do whatever. Like, I'll vote for whatever you want. And it's not the rainbow hair that throws them off. It's not that my bio says I'm not a senator or my age. Like, I'm not old enough to be a senator because I'm 25. But they just think I'm a senator. I get the people who tag me because I come up with senator. But, like, some people keep getting mad at me. Like, you're not doing constituent services. And I'm like... (laughs) Oh, my God. Americans can be so dumb. Well, and what's so great about that is she is an epic troller, (laughs) too. I mean, she's one... So the Swampy Awards, you've won the trolling champion for the last two years in a row. I think you're going to need an explanation about the 
swampy so, award. So <laughs> I'm going to let you tell us a little bit about the Swampies. So a really fun group in D.C. just wanted to do some silly D.C.-esque awards. And it's basically just the most D.C. awards you could think of, like most likely to nominate yourself. Last year, I was breakout performance <laughs> in internet trolling. And this year, I was a lifetime achievement in oh, internet trolling. Oh, goes quick. Trolling. Goes quick. Yeah, yeah. I just, I earned it. I worked really hard <laughs> this year. I do this thing where when spammers, oftentimes they want to get like money or nudes, they email me in my DMs and try to get me to do whatever they want. But I just reply and mess with them. I tell them I'm Satan's bride. I'm from <laughs> hell. Sometimes what was the thing with the entertainment industry? The guy that wanted to get a movie published? He like oh, reached yeah. out to you over that? So clearly this guy is like messaging everyone with a blue check mark. Hey, do you want to connect me <laughs> to Netflix for my miniseries? So I'm like, okay, like, yeah, you know, I'm Jewish. So I know everyone in the media industry. And he's like, Okay, and then keeps going further on, and I, like, keep going back and forth, and I'm like, dude, I'm not, like, what made you think, like, I would know Netflix? I didn't think he was anti-Semitic, but it was, you know, just fun to, like, bring up the Jews control the world jokes every now and then. Yeah, and just like the council member in D.C. Remember? Yeah, they yeah. control the weather. They control so the weather. Control Sorry the about this week. We have it's a new intern. It's been bad, Shoshana. I know, I, mean, I know. Tell your sloths to back the fuck off. Dude, they took me off the sloth committee. Sorry, I'm on the sloth committee, and they took me off the weather committee. Oh, And we oh, have a new intern, right. yeah. yeah. So it's just caused some problems, and, wow. you know. Yeah, it's a tough life. Seems like is it, yeah. Is it filled with really, we put yeah. the U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem now. Did that fuck it all up? Man, you are heated today. You just <laughs> wanted like fuck it, just go right for the jugular. I don't know. I just yeah. We're, all we're right, talking about yeah, swampy Israel. awards, swampy <laughs> awards. I don't know. Yeah, no, we should go right there anyway. <laughs> Shoshana, how did you get into politics? So uh, when I was eight, I was watching a commercial, and I was like the woke eight-year-old being really <laughs> interested in politics. Sorry, where are you from? Long Island. Long Island. Okay. Long Island. Long Island. Yeah, I've spent some time there. <laughs> I don't don't like it there. That's why I moved here. There you go. <laughs> but when I was 14, I got involved in politics, interned, worked, did all that stuff. And it was, I loved it. But over time, politics really stresses me out. So I've enjoyed policy a lot more. We're yeah. like, things actually get done sometimes and sometimes. you're just not yelling. You know? yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. What was your first job in D.C.? I interned at the NRSC seven years ago when I was a freshman in college. Um, did you go to school here? Yeah, yeah. I went to George Washington. Okay. Yeah. It was, it's in her blood, it seems. It's yeah. a woke eight-year-old. It's yeah. in your blood. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was born to be a woke eight-year-old. I always feel bad now bringing it up when people ask because I'm like, no, I'm not the proverbial woke eight-year-old. I was just a nerd, like a (laughs) giant freaking nerd. (laughs) That's awesome. So I met Shoshana at a lunch that we have attended that we're not allowed to talk about, but just wanted to – that's – it's kind of how we met. I know about that. I know ish about that secret right, lunch, and right. you people, everyone gets to do what they want to do with their time. That's what I say about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. I meet people like Shoshana. Yeah, so that's man. awesome. I'll tell you. So we've been asking the same question of a number of our guests, both Democrat and Republican, just to sort of see what everybody sort of thinks. So, what do you think the biggest problem facing women today is? You know, it's hard to say because in the celebrity world, it seems like sexual assault's like a really, really big thing. <laughs> like, I don't know if women who are less famous are facing these struggles on a daily basis to the extent. But that seems like a pretty big one. Like, I didn't know that it was that widespread. And that's like mildly horrifying. And also even just the stories like that, like it's good that they're out there and that it's not quiet anymore. But that has to freak out some women who want to get into high power industries being like, oh, is this what's going to happen to me? Because that doesn't sound like fun and I might not want to go there. So I kind of wonder if there's perverse effects there, even though like it's good, it's out there. 
That really just seems like a big one to me. So you're young, you're single, and you're sort of in the dating realm. Do you feel like dating is different now than it was pre-Harvey Weinstein? Not really. Guys are just idiots to me on a consistent level, just as much now as they were then. They're really dumb, so. But they're dumb or they're, like, horrible? No, they're horrible. They're just idiots. I'll plan a date with a guy, and then he'll just not text me where we're going and never text me. Or I went out on a date with one guy in a cafeteria he chose. I didn't know it was going to be a cafeteria. Was it like a good cafeteria, like the basement of the Native American Museum? Because they serve really good wine there. No, it was uh, L'Enfant Plaza. He took me there. (laughs) I didn't realize that's where it was when I was on my way, and I'm like, you have to be shitting me. uh, Wait, he took you on a date to the cafeteria at L'Enfant Plaza? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Like, not a restaurant. Right. Yeah, I thought it might. How old was this person? But he said he was 30. He was 40. Well, that's why. Wait, well, no. The 40-year-old <laughs> took you to a fucking cafeteria? 40-year-old yeah. who's lying about his age and dating yeah. 25-year-olds. I mean, he's trying to maintain his youth. What by, dating yeah. app are you using? I um, like we need that to get one, you a better one. <laughs> that one was Hinge, and that's the best of the ones I've been using. Yeah. Over Match? I've heard of that one. Or Bumble. Bumble's where it's at. I thought, isn't that where the girls get to do the jam? Do they ask it? Yeah, but every guy who messaged me on Bumble was immediately aggressively sexual. And I'm like, ah, like your first message. What a weird medium for that. So the woman that runs Bumble is impressive. So there's this podcast, How I Built This. It's an NPR podcast. I don't know if you're with Guy Raz. It's super interesting. Anyway, she does one, a Bumble one. And it was because she was having shitty experiences. And so they wanted women to be able to instigate the interaction. And then she made one just like for friends like if you move to a new city and you don't have any fucking friends yeah if you're not trying to get a quick lay like to build out your network and she starts to sort of dabble into <laughs> politics a little bit but I'm surprised of course dudes are going to shit all over the lady site it's like I, just I, don't be I an ass there they would yeah like, they do mm-hmm. every app I've been on all I get are guys who like ghost after he's like hey what's up and I'm like hey how's it going and then he'll just ghost and I'm like okay that was a great use of both <laughs> our time or the guys who are creepy and like super weird. I've barely been on any good dates because these guys are just so stupid. They're so stupid. And it's like to the point where like, how are you functioning in society just as a human being? This is horrifying. They work in data <laughs> analytics. Right? <laughs> they work in data analytics. They no, don't they need to interact with humans. Stop it. That's not nice. That is but so not nice. I do. So when I was dating in my 20s here, the city was sort of ripe, it felt like, you know? Like, I think that there were more men than women at the time. I think that's changed. That's definitely changed, which is um, part of it. But just a night out in Adams Morgan, it was like a dating app. You walked into a room, they were all lined up. You were like, you, come have a conversation. It was all like <laughs> human interaction, but is that different now? Yeah, no one talks anymore <laughs> when you meet Nobody them in person. Anymore. They um, don't talk when you meet them in person? No, or it's it's nothing beyond, hey, how's it going? Like, that's the extent But you're on a date with them and they don't no, talk no, no, to you? No, no, like if you meet them in the wild. Yeah. Oh, you meet them in the wild, oh, yeah. sorry. Um, On dates, though, the guy who took me to Le Plaza, he lasted 16 minutes while we were there and made an excuse to leave early. He said he was going to get coffee with me. Instead, he just brought himself a little cup of water, just a little plastic cup of water and didn't offer, like, hey, would you like to even go get coffee yourself? And I'm like, what the hell? And, like, that's not even the worst date I've been on. Like, that's... It's just really bad. Yeah, the dating here is remarkably (laughs) terrible. That is horrible. I had a friend whose first date with a guy, he wore pajamas, just pajamas to their first date. 
Thank God I'm married. I feel like how do you... So there's got to be... It actually relates a little bit to what we talk a lot about in this podcast, which is if you come face-to-face with a man that doesn't know how to behave right. So in this case, it's a date, right? This case, it's like... And assuming he's youngish, you know, in his 20s, maybe not the 40-year-old pretending to be younger. But we talk a lot about whether or not it's our job to, like, school up some men, you know? And, like, when you just, like, pajama guy, you were like, clearly this is not going anywhere. But, like, maybe some guy on a date who you know, is like on the border of being decent and like better. And then do you spend some time? You're like, let's talk about this. Let's (laughs) figure out how to make this work. Yeah, I feel like, you know, my friends and I are all pretty open-minded. If a guy's like, you know, no one's perfect. But like if there's like, (laughs) if there's something there, but like you just want to see it through, that's reasonable. But like that's not what happens in D.C. It's And I date older too. Like this stuff happens with guys in their early 40s as well. And I'm like, you're... How How are they that dumb in early 40s? I don't know. Had they been married before? None of the ones... I had dated, which I had learned, I'm like, okay, I have to make sure that if they're that age, they've been married before. And Right, because if you're 41 and not married, have never been married. Because you says, wear pajamas on dates. That's because we were, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah, this is crazy. <sighs> yes, I mean, let's hope none of them are lying, like the governor of Missouri. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good segue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So speaking of the governor of Missouri, so Kelly and I have talked a lot about Eric Greitens and his behavior of restraining a young woman, possibly with her consent at the time, but it became not consensual at some point, and there was some possible blackmail, but that's not entirely true, factually right. like all the t- It's a mystery now. It's a mystery. It's like guilty or not guilty. So, so the just, House Oversight Committee in Missouri is still going to proceed with an impeachment hearing. But all charges were dropped. All charges were dropped because there was some shady-ass move where they were going to get it. Like, they called an attorney to be on their witness list, and they were afraid that they couldn't get a jury to respect all the details. And so now... The attorney general is appointing a special prosecutor because everybody knows he's fucking guilty. It's just finding the right avenue to lock the motherfucker up. But is he really guilty? Do we know he's guilty? I think he's guilty. I know you think he's guilty. What, I'm not what does Shoshana think? I don't know. So that's the question. Is he guilty or innocent? I'm on the fence. I'm between you guys. I'm not sure. Like, from what I've heard, it doesn't sound good, but I'm not sure it's illegal. I'm not sure what he's done is illegal. It's shitty. De- not illegal. shady. Right. So if he doesn't end up behind, if it's not illegal, he doesn't end up behind bars. Is it actions that should prohibit you from being the governor of a state? It depends. If it was just cheating, like that's not great and people shouldn't do that. But I think he can be governor. But if there's blackmail, yeah, like that's bad. Is there a different moral compass? Should we hold our elected officials to different standards than citizens? You know, I used to think so, but now I'm kind of like, they're just normal people. And when we pretend they're not, then we pretend like they're these gods above us who are just free of oh, all wrongdoing. And that kind a good of, point. it makes us idolize, I mean, myself included, like I used to idolize so many people, a lot of whom like don't have their jobs anymore. And we're talk show hosts who I looked up to and I'm like, oh my gosh, I was stupid. But when you idolize people in positions of power, you forget they're human. So I feel like some mistakes, as long as they don't stop the person from doing a good job in office... Right. So that's a question. If you're the kind of person that could have potentially convinced a woman to take sexual actions that she was not game for and wanted out of and felt she couldn't get out of. Yeah, that's bad. (laughs) Right. Is that, can you still pass good legislation? But what if she went into those actions thinking she was okay with it? 
cool. I'm cool with him there. Yeah. As soon as she's on the floor shaking and sobbing. Yeah, that's you know, different. Shaking and sobbing. No, hashtag psycho through the sobs. No, <laughs> and hashtag fuck you always, Governor Greitens. I mean, yeah. motherfucker. I just think that I agree. We should not idolize our leaders. But I do think if you step up, and it is civil service. It is public yeah. service. It is Your goal is to make life better for all your fucking constituents, not just the ones that agree right. with your politics. And that you no longer get to take every personal action you want to. Right. You have your well, filter is longer and deeper. Well, he <laughs> still be governor in November of 2018. Well, he's not up in 18. Right, but right. When he's, he's not. He's oh, not will up. he be impeached? Will he be, will he be impeached? I yeah. think he's out. Yeah, I kind of think it's looking that way, too. So I said two hours ago that I did not think he would be out, that I think he will still be there. I don't know. I'm wavering a bit, but I think he's still I think it there. depends. So there's other shit happening in Missouri. If they didn't Missouri. impeach Clinton, There's other shit happening in Missouri. There's a giant Senate race, right? Claire McCaskill's yeah. running against Josh Hawley. And I do think that there is influence from other message sources that that conversation will get so deep that it will affect other things in the political space, even if he's not up. Because Josh Hawley has come to the governor's aid. He's come to his defense. And now Claire McCaskill is going to try to hit him. And the Republicans, somebody told me it's going to be $150 million raise with all third parties because it's a pickup opportunity. Everybody's trying to, like, so what de- happens, Democrats though, are trying to get what hold happens, our seats. So what happens if there's money that comes in that is linked to Josh Howley that was paid to the woman and the ex-husband that is accusing Greitens of this behavior? Dude, if I was a Republican, I'd be like, get the fuck out. Like, the problem with our political system is people support shitty fucking candidates. So, like, if your candidate has done something completely unforgivable, like, whatever that is, buying off somebody or pressuring somebody, like... There is a lot of Republicans in Missouri. Like, there's a lot of Republicans in Missouri. Like, they could pick somebody else. Plus, Josh Hawley's been the AG for, like, 14 seconds. He was elected last election cycle. There's other people. Let's respect it. Let's respect it. Let's not idolize it. Respect the office. But let's say that you are a role model. We wouldn't want the principal of our middle school, high school. Like, we would be harder on the principal of our high school than we would on the governor. That is true. So I'm just saying, let's be fucking reasonable. Because they're teaching our kids as opposed to the governor, which who Who is supposed to be making life better? Yeah, but not actively interacting with our children. Right. Well, let's not talk about that again. Yeah, I know. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you. Awesome. Shoshana, thank you so much for being here. We're so happy to have you. We hope you had fun. Of course. (laughs) I got to swear on audio. Yeah. That's good. (laughs) Just one day. You won't get in trouble for that. Hashtag fuck you always. (laughs) Thanks, Shoshana. Thank you. Thanks. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Shoshana's really fun. Follow her Twitter. There's lots of sloths. It's sort of confusing. Stick with it. Go all the way down. It's funny. She's very She's funny. Very She's very entertaining. Witty. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We had lots of fun today. Thanks so much for joining us. Listen and subscribe to Dame It All to Hell on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. With podcasts. the business. All right. I'll see you next week. Bye.